We're in a series starting today called Engage. Say Engage. Engage. When I was in high school, college, um, and even in my adult life, I have been a follower of certain science fiction books or shows, one of them being Star Trek, um, also Star Wars. Do not combine those. R2-D2 does not show up in Star Trek, and if you start talking like that, we will send you away, okay? But Star Trek, and particularly The Next Generation with Captain Picard. Anybody a pa Captain Picard fan in the room? Captain Picard, <laughs> Worf, yeah, Data, uh, number one, Riker. Uh, ever, ever notice Riker always had his head tilted like this when he walked? Anybody? You don't think it's funny right now, but watch it. And he walks around like this. I promise you, okay? He just does. Picard had some of these sayings. He would uh, always drink Earl Grey tea, hot. And whenever they were getting ready to go on an adventure, whenever they're getting ready to go exploring, whatever they were getting ready to begin, he would say, engage. Or he would say, make it so. Those were the two things. Make it so or engage. Another not as famous Star Trek series that was actually quite fun was Voyager with Captain Janeway. She was a coffee drinker. It was kind of interesting. She was a coffee drinker. He was a tea drinker. Interesting. Nothing to do with what I'm about to teach today. Just interesting. I can fellowship with both tea drinkers. How many of you are tea drinkers? Raise your hand. How many of you are coffee drinkers? Raise your hand. <laughs> overwhelming, overwhelming coffee wins. There you go. All right, today I want to talk to you about Engage. And I'm excited about this series and especially about today because there is a call of God on your life. And that word Engage is speaking of begin, get started activate, go for it, do something with it. And I am so passionate right now about the hand of God that has saved you, not just to go to heaven, but to accomplish something while you're here on the earth. Can you get excited about the call of God on your life? Amen. You are here on purpose. God has put gifts, talents, experiences inside of you. He has appointed you to be born now. You could have been born any time in the timeline of the world. And yet he, in his wisdom, in his knowledge, said, no, you must be here in 2023. You must still be here in 2023. You have not gone to heaven yet. You have work to do. If there is breath in your lungs, there is ministry before you. And messages like this awaken, dust off, put fuel in the fire on the inside of your belly. This is the kingdom of God. You are the body of Christ. The message of hope and eternal transformation lies with inside of us. We must engage in the calling of God on our lives. Our callings are different. Your calling is different than mine. Your calling may be different than the person next to you. But God has designed you, gifted you, placed you, but you must engage with your calling. You cannot just leave it on the shelf. You cannot just, you know, putter around this life and just coast around like Captain Picard. It's time to go. It's time to act. It's time to get involved and begin. Say begin. For some of you, it's time to pick it back up again. You thought in your mind it, you retired from the call of God on your life. My friend, you do not retire from a calling. You may retire from a career, you may retire from a job, but the call of God is without repentance. That calling is upon your life. It may change shape, it may change how you engage with it, you may do it differently. Maybe you don't do it like you once did, but there's a way to continue to minister as God has anointed you to do so. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 8 through 9. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share with me in the suffering for the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us. You have been saved. Amen. Sometimes we just leave it at that. Like we're just saved. It was all about just us going to heaven. It is not just about us going to heaven. God saved us from sin. He saved us unto his family, but he also saved us unto a destiny and a calling. He saved you into a divine purpose, amen, which is not just to survive on this planet until the day you breathe your last breath, but we're meant to 
share that gospel. Remember, the beginning of this was, do not be ashamed of the testimony of the Lord. We have a calling to not only be saved, but to help others who do not know the Lord to know him, to share about him, to testify. Can I get a witness, somebody? Amen. Sometimes we've made that so scary and so hard. What does it mean to be a witness for the Lord? It doesn't necessarily mean you do it like someone else does it, where you just go through some script or some you know, program or something. To be a witness means you've seen something, you've experienced something, and you share that. That's it. That's all it is. What has the Lord done in your life? What have you seen? What have you experienced? Tell somebody about it. That easy. Can I get a witness? He has saved you and called you with a holy calling. It must be treated as holy. The calling on your life is special. It's holy. Some of the gifts and the talents, sometimes we don't realize that those are sacred imparted gifts from God. They're holy things. That's also why we guard how we live and what we put into our lives. Why? Because you're called to a holy calling. And the call of God on your life requires a holy life. Amen. Not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Again, I'll reemphasize the word engage means to start, to begin, to launch, to participate in this call on your life. Sometimes we look at everybody else and we say they're talented. They're more anointed. They're special. My friend, it's time for you to lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus laid hold of you for. And it wasn't just to go to heaven. There are things he has for each of us to do. Do you believe it? I believe there's a biblical pattern when we look at the Gospels and then it leads us right into the book of Acts. Open your Bibles to the book of Acts chapter 1. Let's look at verse 1, 1 through 8. Book of Acts, right after the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. Verse 1, in, uh, in my first book I told you, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do and teach. So in the Gospels we hear about what Jesus did and taught. Listen to that very clearly. We learned in the Gospels what Jesus did and Jesus taught. Are you tracking with me? What he did and taught. Until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving his chosen apostles further instruction through the Holy Spirit. During 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time. And he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. So after Jesus was raised from the dead, for the next 40 days, he showed up occasionally and continued to prove himself to the apostles through things he said, through things he did. Once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he has promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but you, a few days from now, will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore a kingdom? He replied, the Father alone has that authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. Verse 8. But you will receive power. Say power. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem throughout Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. So the Lord appointed them unto a holy calling. The Lord said, I will empower you. The Holy Spirit's about to come upon you in power. Dunamis, dynamite, power. Explosive power. I love that. Because as a Christian, we're not just supposed to barely make it through this life and just barely slide into eternity. We are meant to blow the enemy away. Amen. We're not just hanging on by our fingernails, just waiting for Jesus to come save us. We are the dominant force. We are the light. We are the salt. We are the kingdom of God. The devil flees from us. Darkness flees from us when we let the light shine through our lives. We've got to switch this thing. Sometimes we think we're barely making it. We're, we just want Jesus to come quick because we're about to fall off the wagon. No, you are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. You are anointed and you are appointed and you are called. And the devil wants you to stay fearful and intimidated. He doesn't want you to discover why you are still here on this planet because there's more for us to do. But here Jesus is saying you will be filled with power, but you're filled with power for a purpose. Say power for a purpose. To be my witnesses. 
which means to go have impact, to go share the gospel, to be a testimony, to tell them what you've seen, tell them what you've experienced, tell them what you've heard and encountered. It wasn't just stay in Jerusalem and keep learning about me more and more and more. We'll always be students, amen? A disciple is a lifelong learner, we'll always be students. But there's something about this pattern. We see the book of Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, which is learning about what Jesus did, learning about what Jesus said. But then the Gospels, the learning about Jesus, must continue into the book of Acts. Do you see this, church? Even ourselves, we become such students and we learn about Jesus and we study about what he did and we focus about what he wants and his character and his love, but the Gospels lead to Acts. Some of us, we're in Bible study after Bible study after Bible study. When will you get to Acts? When will you get to, you've been empowered with the Holy Spirit to go and be a witness, to go into your Jerusalem, into your Judea, into your Samaria, to the ends of the earth. We're like, no, 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 I don't know enough. I gotta learn more. I gotta get into more Bible studies. I love Bible studies. You will always have more to learn because God is infinitely amazing. You can study forever, but do not let your study prevent you from acts. The Gospels, learning about what Jesus did and taught leads us to know what we are to do and proclaim in Acts. And what I love about the book of Acts is it's still being written. We're a part of it. One day when we get to heaven, we're going to see that there is 2,000 years of the book of Acts and you are still writing chapters. Amen. 2 Timothy, that whole kind of mindset of just learning, 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 it kind of warns against this. It says, there's this group of individuals saying, always learning, never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. We don't want to be in that camp, amen? We want to learn and then go do what we've learned. That's who we are. That's what we do. We see Jesus do it and then we go do it because he's our example. Amen. This year, God's been speaking to us about taking the land. Taking the land means taking the responsibility for the call of God and vision on your life. But also on this church. Because all of us together are that vision of God. Amen? The church is the, the body inside of it. It's not this building. It's us. And so for us to take the land, for this church to take the land, it means you must take land. In the assignment and callings of God on your life. To be faithful to do what he prompts you to do, to speak when he prompts you to speak, to write what he prompts you to write, to invite those he prompts you to invite, to pray for those he prompts you to pray for. I'm giving you the practical. Sometimes people think, oh, it's so inspirational. Yeah, go take the land. What does that mean? I just told you what it meant. To speak when he tells you to speak, to write what he tells you to write, to invite those who he tells you to invite, to proclaim what he tells you to proclaim. Are you hearing me, church? To give what he says, give. To go where he says, go. That's the vision. That's obedience. That's taking land. Because if you'll release it, the gospel will produce the fruit. He's not telling you to change the city. He's telling you to sow seeds of the gospel in that city. And that seed produces the fruit. We don't change people's lives. We testify of the truth. The truth changes their life. Are you hearing me? So we focus on our part of engagement, our part of obedience. Right now, I declare this over you. You are the move of God in the earth. We keep waiting for a move of God. You are a move of God. You carry a move of God. God is more waiting on us than we should be waiting on him. Are you hearing me, church? The Holy Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost. And as far as you can see through history, he never brought him back up to heaven. Are you hearing me? He's still here on the earth, baptizing, filling, empowering. Are you hearing? You are a move of God. Now get moving. You are a move of God. Now get moving. If you would trust the Lord, if you would take a step of faith and release the truth and release prayer, just pray for people again. 
put your hand on someone's shoulder and say, brother, sister, can I pray for you and believe for a miracle? We're waiting for the signs of the book of Acts without us just having the bridge of faith to even try. Someone at your office is sick. Can I pray for you? Someone goes through a heartache or heartbreak. Can I pray for you? Let's watch God do miracles in people's lives. We're denying this generation the opportunity to see the goodness of God because we don't want to offend. We don't want to intrude. But you're bringing light. You're bringing God's hope and power. Engage with your calling. The reason the world is the way it is right now is because the body of Christ is not engaging with its calling. We're not engaging with our weapons. We're not engaging with our seeds. Amen. You are the move of God. Now get moving. You are revival. Stop waiting for revival. You know what? We could choose to come into church. We could choose to have a revival any day we want. And I know we, we're going, oh, but there's these sovereign moves of God. And perhaps there are moments where God interrupts the service in a sovereign way. And that's awesome and that's beautiful. But there's no limitation if a group of people just united in faith and said, we're coming to church to worship. We're going to give our best. We're going to disregard ourselves and, and, and what we want. And we're just going to be with God. You, you come like that, revival is certain. Are you understanding? There's no limit to say, no, 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 that's not a sovereign move of God. No, that's just a hungry group of people that are coming together in faith, giving God their best, and God shows up. He promised he would. Where two more are gathered together in my name, there I am. There's... Sometimes we're waiting for something else to happen when the cross has already happened, the blood has already been shed, the Savior's been resurrected, the baptism has come down. You have been made the body of Christ. You've been made the righteousness of God. You've been filled with His presence and spirit. You have His word. You have the same creative word of God that formed the universe, and yet we're waiting for something else. Engage with what you already have. Engage with what you already have. If you don't engage with this, we would squander whatever that is you're hoping to get. We miss opportunities to engage. We miss opportunities because we don't know what to look for. Let me tell you what an opportunity for your calling, what it looks like. Most opportunities Please write this down if you're not looking at my notes, which my notes are in the app. But I always ask you to write down because you'll get more. Listen to this. Most opportunities for light to shine will involve the presence of overwhelming darkness. Most opportunities for light to shine will involve the presence of overwhelming darkness. We're like, well, I want my calling to, to have its moment. I want my calling to be released. I want my calling. And we're looking for the opportunity, but sometimes we're missing the opportunity because we don't know what an opportunity looks like. Most opportunities, I'm going to say it again, most opportunities for light to shine involve the presence of overwhelming darkness. Let me say it another way. Look for darkness instead of the limelight. You want your calling? To be released, you want your calling to shine? Go run after dark places rather than limelights. Some people are like, well, when am I going to get put on the stage? That's when my calling gets recognized. No, your calling is needed in gross darkness. Because you're light, and light shines up in darkest places. Too many people are waiting for the opportunity of a limelight, and they're, they're walking by darkness everywhere. Darkness is the presence of great opportunity for your light to shine. Look for dark places, not limelights. Amen. And engage. You look at something and say, man, there's hurt, there's a need, there's a void, there's a gap. Well, perhaps you have eyes to see it because there's something in you that can go into it. You're like, that doesn't sound like the opportunity for my calling. That's not my, my you know, successful book. That's not my successful album. That's not my successful stage. Oh, but it is. Because in the kingdom of God, great success is bringing light into dark places. Even our upcoming generation of influencers, and God bless our influencers, and that's a whole new culture of people that we're learning about nowadays. 
But for many of them, they think their influence comes from the limelight. When real influence in the kingdom goes into hidden places, goes into dark spaces, where nobody sees and nobody celebrates and nobody puts a like on it. Are you understanding? But God sees and those people lost in darkness saw a great light and it came out of you. Amen. Isaiah chapter 60, verse 2 through 3. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you. His glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light, kings to the brightness of your rising. But notice it started with great darkness covering the earth. Amen. Many times in the scriptures, someone's darkest moment or need was the opportunity to act. Remember the book of Acts? Book of Acts. Many times in scriptures, darkest moments or need was the opportunity to act and release God's light. Jesus coming, the light of the world. Where did he come? He came into a Roman-occupied Israel where the people were being taxed beyond limits, where they were being oppressed and persecuted. Come on, church. But yet in that darkness, the light steps in. Jesus didn't come when Israel was on a high religious, high celebration, high prosperity, high wonderful season. Jesus came when it was dark. Let's go through a little further with that. Every time Jesus let the light shine, every time Jesus acted, what did he do? He stepped into someone's darkness. A leper. That leper, that's their darkness. Are you hearing me, church? The blind man, obviously, lost in darkness. The woman caught in adultery, lost in darkness. Every time Jesus delivered, set free the man bound by 2,000 demons, darkness. And now we celebrate Jesus' light, but what did the light do? How did we even see the light? Because the light kept showing up in darkness. Church, we need to start looking for the darkness again. Not to partake in it, but to step into it and bring the light. Stop running from darkness. We're so afraid of darkness. But greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You don't need to be afraid of the darkness because the light in you is greater than the darkness that's around you. Do you see this? Jesus stepped into darkness. Casting out demons and stepping into darkness. Raising the widow's son, dead, stepping into darkness. You have other characters in the Bible that their light was recognized, their calling was recognized because of the presence of great darkness and they stepped into it. Joseph, remember Joseph with many colors, the coat of many colors? How many of you remember the story of Joseph with the coat of many colors? Anybody? Thank you, Donnie Osmond. We, we remember the story. Okay. Joseph in the coat of many colors. Joseph was called of God. He had a dream. He had a vision of God years and years ahead of time when he was a young person. But it was when Pharaoh had a nightmare that all of a sudden the call on Joseph's life had an opportunity to be manifest. Listen to that. Pharaoh had a nightmare. The nightmare became the opportunity for the light within Joseph to come forth. We need to start stepping into some people's nightmares. And when we step into their nightmare, when their marriage is falling apart, when they get the bad report from the doctor, when they lose their job, that nightmare is an opportunity for God's people to step into it and bring hope and light and to bring the kingdom of God. Again, our eyes are looking for the limelight rather than the nightmares. But yet the kingdom of God and the church, we lose our saltiness, we lose our value if we lose, that we're light, and light goes towards dark places. Engage. Say engage. Engage. Same thing happened with Daniel. One of the greatest moments that Daniel in the Bible, Old Testament, where he became revealed to be a godly influencer in the earth, was when the king had this bodiless hand, just this hand, that showed up at his dinner party and started drawing on the wall and writing something that no one else could answer. 
I'm just going to say from my own point of view that that would be terrifying. If you're having people over for dinner tonight and this hand <laughs> crawls across your dinner table, okay, first of all, that moment, the hand owns that dinner table. You know what I mean? Like, it's all yours. <laughs> Whatever you want. And then it like crawls up through the wall and begins to write something on that wall. But you see, it was in that moment that Daniel was now needed. And actually, Daniel had been passed by and kind of forgotten over the years. He had this kind of great ministry years earlier. Church, I'm talking to you today. I'm talking to some of my beautiful retired individuals right now. Daniel had this great season of ministry, and then there was this season of silence. Come on, church. But then this new generation of leadership had this moment of terror, trauma, where this hand is writing on the wall, and all of a sudden, it was time for Daniel to come out of retirement. It was time for Daniel, who knew God, who the Spirit of God was still upon, because God's Spirit never expires on you. Come on. He's not like milk, you know what I mean? He's not going bad after like a certain amount of time. There's an expiration date. You're still as anointed and fresh. Amen. The vessel on the outside may have aged, but that anointing on the inside is as potent, as powerful as it's always been. It's as current as God himself. Amen. And so Daniel was brought out of hiding and brought back into ministry and into leadership and into, into the limelight, but because he was willing to walk into someone else's nightmare. Amen. Our world is in a moment of intense darkness. Would you agree with that? Come on, church. Would you agree with that? Darkness, what does darkness look like? Because we can say that. We can say darkness, yeah, it's darkness covered the earth. What does that mean? Ignorance of God's word. That's darkness. Ignorance of God and his word. That's the darkness the Bible talks about. It's not that the sun is burning out. It's not that we don't have light bulbs running out of electricity. The darkness the Bible talks about is the absence of the knowledge of God. Our world is in a season and is a time of gross, great darkness. People don't know God and they don't know the truth about God and all they're left with is the lies people said about God. And so what do we need? The lights to shine, the lights to engage in their calling, their heavenly calling, and to go be a witness and a testimony What will it take to get you started in your call, to launch you, to take part, to engage in what God has placed on the inside of you? I'm going to give you a couple things that I want to hopefully flip your mind on that you may be thinking is a negative, but in reality, it actually may be the very thing God is using to bring the anointing through your life. One, giants. Write that in your notes, giants. The presence of giants. Some of you may be facing giants right now, and you may assume those giants are trying to stop you, and they're there for the purpose of stopping you. I challenge that thought. I challenge that that giant is in your life to stop you because the devil can't stop the move of God from incoming on the inside of you. I don't care how big that giant is, God is bigger. Somebody say amen. So then what is the purpose of that giant you're facing right now? And the giant could be anything. It could be a, a financial challenge. It could be a business challenge. It could be a social relational challenge. It could be just a, something that tries to intimidate. That's what a giant is, my friend. A massive mountain that you feel like you cannot get over. Why is it there? That giant, like Goliath in the Old Testament, 1 Samuel chapter 17, write it in your notes, 1 Samuel chapter 17. You want to know why that giant was there? It was never going to stop David, and it wasn't going to stop Israel. Not the, not the total plan of God over Israel, because no one could stop that. You want to know why that giant was there? The giant was there because David had been anointed. David had been called. David had been empowered. And facing that giant was the first opportunity for that anointing to get working through and upon David's life. That giant revealed to Israel the anointing upon David. That opportunity in that giant also revealed the anointing to David that was upon David. Do you see that, church? You see, David had been prayed for. The prophet had anointed him with oil. He had been commissioned. 
But this giant, this opportunity that was this adversary that was trying to intimidate was actually a moment for David's anointing to shine. Remember, darkness, the opportunity of darkness. Goliath is there shouting and condemning Israel, putting the whole nation in fear. Even the king at that time didn't know what to do. Here's a moment of darkness, here's a nightmare, and here's an opportunity for someone carrying the light to step in. And David runs to the battle. And in that moment, that giant was an opportunity for the anointing within David to begin to manifest itself and begin to show forth. Too many of us are looking at giants wrong. We think those giants are there to stop you. They're not. Those giants are actually going to pull the anointing out of you. Those giants are actually going to force you to dig deeper into the wells of God, the wells of giftings and talents. Amen. And that as you begin to approach those giants and you were victorious over those giants, you begin to show forth the glory of God to others around you and you also begin to see what God has put on the inside of you. Those giants are not there to stop you. Amen. The Lord told me years ago that the mountain, talking about the mountains that are our obstacles, the mountain is not there to stop you. The mountain is there to make you. Learning the skills, finding the right equipment, developing the tools and the habits to climb that mountain. Amen. The mountain is not there to stop me. It's there to make me into the call of God that's been upon my life, to reveal that call of God that's been upon my life and that's been upon your life. Amen. Amen. Entering promised lands is another thought I want to bring about. Joshua. We talked about David. Giants with David. Joshua, a bunch of walls, right? Barriers, blockades. You ever feel like you're being stopped on every front? Amen. But God can use those things. Entering the promised land was more than receiving milk and honey. Entering the promised land, they had to fight giants too, and they had to overcome walls. They had to overcome obstacles and blockades. But all of that was training. All of that was strengthening a nation. The promise had been given, but these obstacles had to be overcome in order to teach them, listen, in overcoming these obstacles and taking down Canaan and, and Jericho and all the walls and all the giants, in going through all this, listen to what God was doing, because it wasn't just about that moment of taking Jericho. Listen, please listen. God was training his people. He was bringing them out of being wanderers and teaching them to be warriors. Israel had been wandering in the desert for 40 years. Are you hearing me? There was a calling upon them. Amen. And these opportunities when they went to go into the promised land and they had to face a wall. They had to face a blockage. They had to face, like I said, David faced the giant and those that went into Israel had to face giants as well. And some of those oppositions were cities that were surrounded and fortified against them. Barriers, blockages. My friends, these blockages, these things are the same thing that Goliath were. These are opportunities for you to learn, for God to train our hands for warfare. To train our hands for warfare. Amen, church. This is not about us being passive and just study, study, study. There is a battle to be won. There is strategy to be learned to move from wanderers to warriors. They had been wanderers for 40 years and now God had to train this nation who had not known battle, he had to train them for war. They moved from infancy to infantry. That's a good one. That's coffee mug worthy. It's called growing up. Too many of us, we just, anytime a giant pop, pop, pops his head up or there's a barrier or opposition, we just quit and we fall apart. Like, God, I thought you called us to do this. Where's the anointing? You know, I thought I, thought I was called. I thought I was supposed to do something good. And now I've got opposition. And now there's these barriers against me. And there's, there's, there's intimidating things that I'm scared about. My friend, just keep doing what God has called you to do. Don't quit. Don't pull back. Keep going to God for strategy. Keep agreeing with him that no weapon formed against you is going to prosper. That he's already provided your needs. Amen. And that God has a plan and a way. And he's going to help you learn how to overcome this stronghold, this fortified city. There's different plans and things. Even the fact that they walked around the city rather than just ran it with like some big battering ram. Sometimes we're learning how to war God's ways. 
And we're learning how to get new ideas that we never would have thought of, but that work out in a way that's more beautiful than we could have imagined. Please stop looking at opposition and boundaries or barriers and giants as if, like, as if God hadn't counted that in the equation. Their only purpose in being there is to give God opportunity to shine his light and get glory. Amen. To get glory in the overcoming. You will be stronger. You will learn things. And we're the people of God getting better. Amen. As we're moving into and engaging with our callings. James chapter 1 verse 2 through 5. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity. Say opportunity. Consider an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, that's all the giants were. That's all those walls were. That's all Jericho was. It was an opportunity for faith testing. Your endurance has a chance to grow, so let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. This is how we grow. This is how we mature. Let's talk about persecution just for a minute. Remember, some of these things, like how do you engage? How do you get started? How do you launch? And God may be using these giants you're facing to get you in the game, to pull the gifts of God out of your life. God may be using some of these obstacles you've been facing to pull forth all the good stuff that's been laying dormant on the inside of you. Stop looking at it like it's going to defeat you. It will not defeat you. It will make you stronger and better. Amen. Even persecution. We don't talk a lot about that on this side of the ocean, but around the world there is tremendous persecution all over the earth for people who stand up and proclaim Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. They lose their homes, they lose their families, they lose their possessions. Are you hearing me, church? That's still going on. But I'm also not denying the fact that there is persecution right here in the United States regarding being a believer in Jesus Christ and a follower of Jesus Christ. And holding up the word of God like this is God's standard of truth. There will be persecution. There will be those who do not agree or understand. They will use intimidation or fear to stop you. Even at work or at school. That Goliath spirit, that bully spirit, people will try to get really loud. They'll use mockery. They'll try to cut you down and embarrass you all to silence you. But we know the devil's devices. Come on, church. We know the devil's strategies. You can laugh at me. You can marginalize me. You can disagree with me. You can say mean things about me, whatever. But I will not change. I am a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. I love God. I speak truth. I believe there still is truth. Amen. So that persecution... That presence of persecution, again, it's an opportunity for you to engage in the call of God. To be a light in that moment. Fear of rejection or shame from people we love is difficult. We, view, we see that. We're not ignoring that. It is difficult. Matter of fact, that idea of shame being your back, people's back turning on you that you love. People that you want their approval and they turn their back on you. As human beings, we don't realize that power internal inside of us that we want to do so many things in order to not be rejected by people we love. If you're truly honest with yourself. There are groups of people. It could be your family. But you can even go back into high school and there's a group of students that you want them to accept you. And if they turn their back on you, you will do whatever they want you to do so that they don't turn their back on you. That's manipulation. It's control. It's intimidation. It's fear. They're not loving you for who you are. They want you to change to do what they want you to do. And so they, they choose to use shame, come on now, in order to control you. But we've been doing it since junior high. But we have to identify that. The Bible tells us in Proverbs that fear of man is a snare. It'll hold you back. Hold you back from your call. Hold you back from your destiny. Hold you back from the impact you're supposed to make in this world. We have to get to the place where if others turn away from me, that that's just, that's part of it. Because the Lord will never turn his back on you. Amen? The Lord will not turn his back on you. But we have to understand that happens. Okay? It's good preaching, Pastor Kevin. I know. It's really good. 
1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 9, talking about opposition, talking about intimidation and adversity. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, 9. There is a wide open door. Say open door. That's called opportunity, right? Open door. There is a wide door of opportunity for a great work. Hallelujah. Sounds great. Sounds like the ministry is going to go forward. Hallelujah. Although many oppose me. Whoa, 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 whoa. It's supposed to be, if it's an open door of opportunity, it's supposed to be easy. Everybody's supposed to love it. Everybody's supposed to celebrate it, right? No. There'll be challenge. There'll be opposition. But all of that presence of an enemy is just opportunity, again, for us to grow up in maturity, for us to trust God, for us to remain consistent. Though none go with me, still I will follow. Come on, where is that in the church? We're so wanting people to follow us and to follow people that seem like they're important. Let's follow the Lord. Let's follow the Lord. Let's teach the earth what it means to follow the Lord again for their benefit. <sighs> Acts chapter 8, 1. A great wave of persecution began that day, sweeping over the church in Jerusalem, and all the believers except the apostles were scattered throughout the region of Judea and Samaria. I've said this many times, but Acts 1.8 the calling. Acts 1.8, the engage, right? Go into all the world, preach the gospel, right? Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Do you remember that? We read it in the beginning of this sermon. Do you remember that? Acts 1.8, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Engage, go, go for it. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Acts 1.8. They didn't. They stayed in Jerusalem. But then you get to Acts 8.1, just flip the address. Acts 1-8, Acts 8-1, just flip the address. What happened? A great persecution hits the church in Jerusalem. And what happened? They began to go to Samaria, Judea, to the ends of the earth. The persecution actually propelled them into the call of God on their lives. The persecution actually forced them to move into a greater life and greater impact so that this gospel would go all around the world so that we could one day be preaching it in Orlando. Amen, church. What does it look like to engage? Just a couple thoughts. Start doing what God has called you to do. Write that down. Start doing what God has called you to do regarding his kingdom. Don't just live for yourself. What does it mean to engage? Start doing what God has called you to do. Don't just live for yourself. Do what he's called you to do for his kingdom. Number two, share your testimony. You have one. It's different than mine, and that's wonderful because God has so many ways of loving us and working in our lives. Start telling people again about what Jesus has done for us. Share it on Facebook, share it on Instagram, write books, write songs. Show up to work tomorrow and say, hey, I got something good to tell you. What's that? This last week, God did this in my life. Isn't that wonderful? And they're like, why don't I believe in God? Well, that's fine. I just wanted to tell you anyway. Hallelujah. <laughs> Start speaking some good news. Start sharing. It sounds so simple, man. Start sharing your testimony again. You're like, well, no, I gotta get in, I gotta study more, I gotta study more. Studying is good, you'll always be a student, but let's move into Acts. Let's move into Acts. Start doing what God's called you to do. Start sharing your testimony. Become a bringer. Own this phrase. Ready? Here's your phrase. Own this. Come with me. Ready? I want you to say that. One, two, three. Come with me. Do you know Jesus used to say that all the time? Follow me. Come on. Follow me. We have to start asking people to come with us to stuff. It's not hard. Come with me to the daddy-daughter dance. Bring your daughter. Come with me to Easter Sunday. Come on, come with me. Come with me to get coffee. Someone said amen. Come with me to Bible study. Come with me to church on a Sunday. Come with me. And you're like, but they may not want to come. It's fine. Start becoming a bringer again. How many times did people show up in Jesus' world because someone brought them to Jesus? Someone brought them. This is the way this thing works. We want them to just find the Lord on their own, just to wander in one day. And that happens, and God does that. But we can become bringers. Say it again. Come with me. Come with me. When you're excited about something, you want people to come with you. You try a new restaurant. Oh, it's delicious. Come with us. There's this new ride at the theme parks. Oh, it's so fun. Come with us. Come with me. It's that easy. You're like, but I thought it was this big 
big speech you have to give all the time. No, you don't have to give a big speech. You just have to say, hey, come with me. And here's the thing. The human need in so many people's hearts, they want to be asked to do things too. We forget that as much as you want to be invited to stuff, other people want to be invited to stuff too. They love it. People like being invited to stuff. Come with me. Come with me to home group. Come with me to church. Why must we engage? Last thought. Why must we engage? Because there's an urgency to this, and I'll close. We must engage because God has commanded us to engage. Even though you may still have stuff going on in your own life, and needs, and wants, God promises to take care of us as we seek first his kingdom. I want you to hear me say that again. One of the reasons we need to engage in our calling is because God commands us to. He is still aware that, yes, you may have some financial need. There's still maybe something going on in your marriage. There's still maybe something going on with your kids. There's still maybe something going on with your health. And it's not that we're ignoring that as if it's not significant. We're saying, God, I give these things to you and I will continue to do what you've called me to do. I will preach the good news. I will share my testimony. I will bring people to the house of God. I'll be a light. I'll be a kindness. I'll do it because you called me to do it. And we're not waiting for everything in our life to get perfect before we engage in stuff. If that's the case, all the devil has to do is keep starting fires to keep you out of your calling. It's a, it's a great strategy of the enemy. If that's your philosophy, that everything has to be in order before you can get involved with the call of God in your life, all the devil has to do, once you get all your little ducks in a row, he just has to scoot one little duck out of the way. And he's prevented you from your calling again. But can you? Because here's the deal. All of us have stuff going on in our lives, stuff we're believing God for, growth things that we have to grow through, concerns. But we still pursue the call of God in our lives. God commands us to. Number two, people's lives are at stake and affected by you engaging or not engaging. Listen, what God has called you to do, charged you to do, someone's life is on the other side of that. And that's really important. If you don't write that book, if you don't share that testimony, if you don't ask them to join you and come, someone's life will be either positively or negatively impact based on whether or not you do what God has called you to do. Church, can we remember there is some still level of responsibility in our lives of whether or not we participate in obeying God? If we don't invite our coworkers to come with us, their life will be impacted by that. If we invite them to come, their life will be positively impacted by that. Amen. And then the last thing is this. Jesus is returning. There is an expiration date on the opportunity. I still believe the Lord's going to come in my lifetime. And you know what, what happens if he doesn't? I'm still going to live like he's coming in my lifetime so that I don't waste a moment. Amen. The Lord is returning. And we will all stand before him. And that sense of accountability still creates an urgency for me to do what God has put in my life and in my hands to do. And the same is true with you. There is an expiration date to this opportunity, whether it's you draw your last breath or the Lord returns. There is an expiration date of this opportunity. We need to do our best and be faithful with the times we are given. Would you stand, church, as we close in a word of prayer? Did you get anything out of that today? Let's celebrate the Lord for his word, would you? Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for the call of God on our lives. I want to pray that. I want to pray God reveal that call to each and every one of us, those gifts, those talents, these opportunities about running into the dark places. Put your hands up. Let's just, I want to commission you. Can I commission you today? Is that okay? Father, right now in Jesus' name, I stretch my hands out towards this body. Lord, I thank you. I know that within each of them are solutions to problems in this world. Lord, there are anointings, there are giftings, there are talents, there are callings, there are experiences, there is testimonies that will change and transform people's lives, will bring hope to people, will bring faith to people, will we'll bring them to Jesus so that they too may come to know saving grace, new life in God, eternal life. God, I pray you stir up those gifts, stir up those deposits right now in Jesus' name. Give them eyes to see, give them ears to hear. Lord, I pray as we go out of this building, we step into the mission field ourselves. Lord, I pray that even today and tomorrow and this week, we are seeing people differently, God. We are seeing how we can be a light in dark places. Lord, I pray you help us to stop being afraid of dark places. 
but God, you begin to help us to see the solutions you've put in our heart for those dark things. Lord, I thank you for what's about to come forth out of the body of Christ here. I thank you that God, your church is rising up. That God, in this time of darkness and ignorance of God, this is the best time for us to exist. We can go proclaim a great light. And I thank you, you will draw all people to Jesus. We thank you, God. So Lord, I bless this house. I bless what you're doing in them. I bless what you're doing through them. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you celebrate that? Praise God. Amen. Amen. Before I dismiss you, I want to give everyone in this house an opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. The Bible says that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, that the wages and penalty of that sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ the Lord. The Bible goes on to say that all who will call on the name of the Lord will be saved, and today we want to give you an opportunity to call on Jesus Christ to become your Lord and Savior. All of us have sinned. All of us need the Savior. So today, if you would bow your heads, close your eyes for the next 30 seconds. Between you and God, I'm just going to ask you, have you ever asked Jesus Christ to be your Savior? Or perhaps at one time you used to have a relationship with God, but you know in your heart you've walked away and you would like to recommit yourself, restart that relationship between you and Jesus. I'm about to count to three. When I get to three, if that's you, just pop your hand up wherever you are and we will pray a prayer right at your seat. Again, you're saying, I've never asked Jesus to be my savior, but I'm ready. I want forgiveness. I want relationship with God. Or you say, I want to reconnect, restart my relationship with God. If that's you, when I count to three, one, two, three. Would you pop your hand up wherever you are today? Put your hand up anywhere in the room and we'll pray for you today. Be happy to do that. There's a hand right there. Thank you. I see your hand. Praise God. Anybody else today? Just put your hand up wherever you are. All right, church. Let's pray for the one and any others that may not raise their hand, but they need to pray this prayer or even watch it online. Would you pray this prayer with me? Dear God, I thank you that you see me just as I am. I realize I've sinned and walked away from you. I receive Jesus Christ today as my Lord and Savior. I believe that he died for me and that he rose again. Please forgive me of my sins. Wash me. Cleanse me. Make me new. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Take every part of me now. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you celebrate the one and maybe others? Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person at Calvary Orlando for one of our Sunday morning worship experiences each Sunday at 1030 a.m. To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. Here you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening and God bless.